Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome in to episode 109 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR podcast network. I'm your host, Sean Smith. Happy to be joined by Jack Pilgrim. Jack, how the heck are you? That was absolutely beautiful. I'm so proud of you, Sean. I am doing absolutely fantastic. I am currently on my way to the Riverview activity center for peace i am in north of Boston, ready to watch uh, and follow J- wherever john calipari goes to for uh kentucky's next batch of top recruits so i'm having a blast how the heck are you i can't complain it's different being on the other end of this i'm usually the one that's on the phone call traveling doing <laughs> doing the interview for sources say but i'm the one sitting here <laughs> hosting this thing today but a lot's happened jack the last couple of days obviously the the the, tr- the switch with Kofi Coburn, when it looked like Kentucky was going to be the school there for a couple of weeks, he ends up going back to Illinois, which now leads into what you're doing, which is really big for Kentucky with the recruitment of Jalen Duren. But I guess let's just start with Kofi and just talk about that. Since we recorded on Tuesday morning, 
What are some things that you've kind of gathered the last few days about how that thing kind of just transpired and shifted back to Kofi going and pretty much staying home in Illinois? Well, and we talked about it on the last show that there was a lot of optimism on Kentucky side of things, right? They, they um, were very much in talks with, with Kofi for the last two weeks. He entered the portal on July 1st, I believe. And then uh, I think just for the next two weeks, there was, back and forth contact between the UK coaching staff, specifically Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman. And I, I know there was, you know, a little bit of controversy and back and forth about, you know, the level of contact and who was being contacted because, you know, there was the spin zone immediately after, uh, after the decision that John Calipari never made contact. And, you know, people were kind of saying, Oh, they were overhyping Kentucky's chances. no, Kentucky was right there in the thick of things, and I was told I, I'm down here at Peach Jam, and I've been gathering information, trying to get to the bottom of how this actually all unfolded. Um, Kofi wanted to be at Kentucky. I, I'm, I'm willing to put that out there. Kofi uh, wanted to go to Kentucky. He put his name in the portal specifically to go to Kentucky. Uh, it, at the very, very, very least, talk to the Kentucky coaching staff and uh, see about what kind of possibility that would be and, and the chances they can make that happen. He, he really likes Kentucky. He desperately wanted to um, at least feel out that situation and see if, if it was the right fit. And uh, I know there were conversations about it and I know that it got all the way down to the roster itself about, Hey, what do you think about the possibility of adding a guy like Kobe Coburn? And as I said on last, uh, on last week's show, I guess it was earlier this week, uh, it was not a consensus about adding Kofi. There was some pushback about, um, you know, the fit and, and how it would change the style of play and how, uh, you know, it wasn't even necessarily one individual player saying, oh, well, I'm not going to get the minutes that I deserve or anything like that. It was it was more so a you, John Calipari has built this roster to be a kind of a run and gun, uh, fast paced, get shots up, that type of team. And adding Kofi would kind of change the complete dynamic of that roster. And I think that was something, especially after dealing with what they went through this past year uh, with fit and, you know, just not really a, a consistent style of play throughout the whole year. I think Kyle was, con- was concerned about that, um, you know, kind of coming back. And I think last season haunted him. He doesn't want a repeat of that. And, uh, and we'll talk about this here in a second. I think he's just genuinely enamored by the idea of adding, Jalen Duran and and I think he's a better fit in terms of, of being more of that stretch four. He can more versatile can play the four or the five. When it came down to it, I think at the at the very end of the day, uh, if John Calipari would put on a full court press for Kofi Coburn, he would be at Kentucky. I, I genuinely will, will put that out there, and I'm very confident. I stand behind it. If John Calipari put all of his eggs in the Kofi Coburn basket, he would be in Lexington. And it's very clear that he did not. And I think it's rather clear here down at Peach Jam in North Augusta that uh, he, he is all in on Jalen Dunn. He's been watching every single game since the live period returned this weekend. And uh, I, I say what you want about Kentucky's chances, but it's it's very clear that Cal is, is all in on Jalen Duran and was not uh, all in on Kofi Coburn. And you mentioned there that, Kofi wanted to go to Kentucky. And, and Jack, I think that's pretty evident, right? When you're talking about a guy who went into the NBA draft 
And then a week before he had to withdraw his name from the draft before the deadline and the transfer portal deadline, he puts his name in the portal, doesn't take visits to any schools, but then has a top three and sets an announcement. But Kentucky was the school that he named in that ESPN report. So are there some concerns? I mean, obviously, I, I don't want to sit here and act like it's all doom and gloom that Kofi's not at Kentucky because that same day, Jack, you and I will both remember when Davion Mintz return, announced his return to Kentucky, we were hyping this thing up that Kentucky was going to be good or Kentucky's going to be good. And, and I'm still of that belief that this can be a very good basketball team without Kofi and without Jalen Duren. But how big of a concern is this for you that they passed on Kofi if they don't get Jalen how do you see this team shaking up just as it is? Well, we, we said last week, or it might have even been the Tuesday show, we've talked about this so much. Uh, it, it was a one in the hand versus two in the bush type deal where are, are you comfortable taking the, are you comfortable taking maybe the worst fit, but a, a guy that is an undeniable game changer at the college level, um, a, a guy in Kofi Coburg is a second team All-American, seven foot, 285 pound, just absolute monster of a human being. Uh, are you willing to pass on that opportunity? Somebody that is going to, whether you like the fit or not, no matter what you say about it, is going to raise the ceiling of this current Kentucky basketball team. Are you willing to pass on that opportunity for the chance at the better fit, the better pro prospect, somebody that's going to possibly help uh, in recruiting, you know, to, to put that John Calipari lands the number one recruit in the nation narrative back, you know, it kind of the, it, it wouldn't just be in, in terms of an on-court fit. It would, it would kind of be more of a cultural thing as well and, and kind of building that brand back up after, you know, kind of losing a little bit of that swagger and that momentum last season. And it was kind of one of those, do you, do you take the maybe worst fit right now who can still better the team or are you going to wait and risk when, Sean, talking basketball circles, I'm gonna be totally honest. There's not a whole lot of, of hype about Kentucky right now. Uh, I've been I've been talking ever since I got down here on Wednesday. Uh, I've been talking nonstop to people trying to figure out, get to the bottom of the Jalen Durant situation. Who's leading? Is there an actual real chance on Kentucky side of things? Those those sorts of conversations. And I'm gonna be honest. It took two days before I, I even heard the first whisper about Kentucky. It was the first couple of days it was, uh, I'm hearing Miami, I'm hearing uh, the pro route, you know, I'm hearing Jalen Duran likes Penny Hardaway and, and Memphis's pitch. It took until yesterday before I heard the first inkling of Kentucky might be in the thick of things. So I don't know if this is a bad read on Kentucky's end. I don't know if they know something that the rest of the general public doesn't. If they, you know, the, you never know with John Calipari. They like to keep things in house. Uh, Jalen Duran is very much an individual, and, and his camp likes to keep things in house. So this could all be smokescreen setting up for a, a massive, you know, Zion Williamson level surprise, where he ends up in Kentucky, or a, a, you know, Kevin Knox type surprise, where nobody's really expecting it, or just kind of one of those quiet recruitments. But all the conversations leading up to yesterday did not make me feel comfortable in, in Kentucky's chances, which added to the questioning of why are you, why are you not going all in on Kofi Coburn? Why are you not, you know, putting all your eggs in that basket and saying, look, we have a second team all American ready to, ready to go. Look, Sean, I, I was told that he was going to get, he was in the process of scheduling a visit to Kentucky and a commitment was scheduled by the end of the month. He was going to announce his commitment very likely to Kentucky after taking a visit to Lexington at the end of the month, that that was kind of his 
general timeline of when he put his name in the portal. I think had things gone the way Kofi Coburn wanted, he'd be a Kentucky Wildcat. And I just don't think that mutual love was shared. And, and I, Sean, I've told you on the side, I've, t- I've said it publicly on Twitter, I've said it on the show, I think it's a mistake. I think it's a massive mistake. I think you take that chance. Um, no matter what kind of fit concerns it might cause, he, he's the kind of guy you build your team around. And I, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm caught up on. You, Kofi Coburn's the type of guy that you are comfortable changing the entire dynamic of your team. Like that, that is how good of a player he is. And to not go all in on that possibility. I mean, it, it, you have to think that Kentucky is more confident about its chances than the general basketball world right now, because, there are a lot of people talking behind the scenes that think that Kentucky just made a massive mistake. Yeah. I mean, you and I both have said that we've talked about it. We've tweeted about it and everything. Um, And Kofi, I mean, here's Kofi, a kid who went into the portal, went into the draft and then ultimately didn't take any visits and went right back to the same school that he came from. So around his, I know a lot of people look at that and think, well, this kid created a circus for nothing but that wasn't his intentions. We know that his intentions where they were and that he wanted Kentucky. Kentucky ultimately didn't want to go that route. Uh, but which leads us into Jalen Duran and everything that's going on right now at Peach Jam. I know this is a jam-packed couple of weeks down there. I know you're having a good time. You're watching high-quality basketball. Uh, it's cool to see all these coaches back in the same place. You posted a piece last night to KentuckySportsRadio.com that Kentucky is right there with Jalen Duran. I know you and I have talked about the fits where Kofi – might have not have been a good of a fit with the pieces on the roster, but you obviously, to me, you add a second-team All-American. But Jalen does fit. Jalen does fit alongside Oscar Sheboy. What have you seen from Jalen Duran now that you've got to really see him? I know you've seen him play before, Jack, but what have you seen now that maybe you didn't know about Jalen Duran's game up to this point? Well, I think the one thing that people don't really – take into consideration with Jalen is just how skilled of a passer he is. He's, he has very soft touch with, with his hands and, and he's always looking to find an open teammate. He plays alongside Derek Lively, who is Kentucky's arguably uh, biggest Jalen during it's widely expected for him to reclassify to 2021. So as, as things stand, as things are expected to stand following Jalen's decision, um, Derek Lively is the number one big in, in his class in the senior in the rising senior class, and you, it, you kind of think that a guy of Jalen's caliber, a six foot nine, six foot ten, you know, two hundred forty five pound. I mean, he's he's built just like a Mack truck. I mean, just absolutely massive. And you think that that fit wouldn't necessarily work because Derek Lively is a rim running seven foot one, seven foot two, you know, kind of Willie Collinstein type mold you'd think it'd be a difficult pairing having kind of two anchors in the front court. They're different play styles, but definitely two primary front court pieces, but they fit seamlessly together. And it's because Jalen Dern is such a skilled passer that the, you know, the, all the attention goes to Jalen down low. They double team. You know, they, they, he demands the ball in the post. And he starts working and, and working on his post moves and he gets doubled and it leaves a seven foot two Willie Collystein clone wide open for a, you know, an alley-oop attempt. So, they fit extremely well, and it, it made me think that Jalen could play either the four or the five because of how he's working on expanding his game. He's, he's taking a bunch of jump shots and very comfortable in the face-up. He's not just a, a back-to-the-basket big. He's very comfortable in the face-up, and he's, he's constantly working to develop that aspect of his game. 
when I talked to him at the Pancos All-American camp in Vegas, he specifically said that that is what I want to be. I want to be a, a Bam Adebayo type guy where I can take jump shots. I'm comfortable taking jump shots, uh, jump shots. I can take the ball at the floor. You know, I, I'm not just a, a bruising big man that just, you know, gets his by overpowering the competition. He wants to be bigger than that. And, and that's kind of been Kentucky's pitch on, on their side of things. And it, I think it's very clear watching a peach jam that he can be that type of guy. He, he's, he's very fun to watch. He's, you know, he, he can go up and, and dunk on somebody's head and, and almost tear the rim off the, off the backboard. And he just done that almost a couple of times now where just the, the whole backboard shakes and you're like, wow, I'm surprised that thing held up. But then he'll, you know, knock down an elbow jumper or he'll, you know, find Derek Lively for an alley-oop or, you know, the, the defenders will collapse on him and double-team him and he'll find, he'll pitch out to a wide-open catch-and-shoot three-point shot and, and, you know, for the assist. He does a bunch of just very, very good little things that make you go, wow. That is why all these coaches are all in on him for not just next season but this upcoming college basketball season. He is he is the most NBA college-ready and, and – maybe even NBA ready prospect in, in high school basketball right now. And you mentioned coaches there. And I know this week is different because you're not getting to interview these guys. You're not really getting that, that information, those one-on-ones and stuff that, that you would get at peach jam. But the one thing you're getting to see Jack and you weren't at Adidas last weekend, but you're getting to see all these coaches return to in-person recruiting. You're getting to see Kentucky walk in with John Calipari, Orlando Antigua, Jay Lucas. What has that been like? to to look across and see an entire new coaching staff pretty much on the sidelines recruiting is is it kind of a shot in the arm in your opinion for Kentucky to to see that with your own two eyes well watching Orlando Antigua and John Calipari walk around the gym like they own the place is a very refreshing breath it's just a, a, a very strong breath of fresh air where you're like wow the, the duo is back. The dynamic duo is back on on the trail. You know, it, you got that that feel like, wow, this is we're back to 2012, 2013. It, you know that that type of vibe with, with the team. But I'm gonna be honest. I was the most impressed by Jay Lucas because he. This was my first time seeing him out on the road, and you know he's. If we're gonna call this spade a spade, he was a very small point guard uh, at Texas and, and at Florida. You know, very skinny. There's not a whole lot to him. Uh, there are times he kind of blends in as a, you know, just looking at him because he's, he's you know, a six-foot, you know, a skinny six-foot guy. So uh, there are times you, you think about that, but when you watch him interact with people and talk to different coaches, he knows. Like, if he's just standing there, you're like, oh, he's, you know, he's just a fan. Or, you know, like, he's not like Jawan Howard who's six-foot-seven, like, very clearly, oh, that guy – that guy is the Michigan coach. You know, there's, there's guys that when they walk in the room, it's very clear that, but when you watch Jay Lucas work and how he talks to people and how he goes down, you know, all the coaches are lined up in chairs one by one by one. I mean, just absolute jam packed right next to each other. And when he leaves the gym to go to, to another court or whatever, uh, I mean, it is one handshake after the other, a high profile coach, high profile coach, you know, high profile school shaking hands with him going, Jay, my man, what's going on? He has clout in this college basketball world. And that's something that I wanted to see the kind of swagger that he brought to the table. He has it. And and I think that's something that we already knew what John Calipari and Orlando Antigua brought to the table. We've heard things about Chin Coleman and how he's kind of rising. And, and I was told uh, that he was going to be arriving 
I believe today, uh, but but definitely this weekend. I I, I, I know he's going to make the trip down. He's been at Adidas watching Reed Shepard and, and those guys up there, uh, but he is making the trip down uh, for the rest of the weekend. But we, we, we already kind of knew about the others, and this was the first chance for me to see Jay Lucas in his comfort zone. And you could you can just tell he has that a factor, and it, it it made me extremely confident watching him interact with other people and go wow, I think this guy has the goods. Like I think he's he has that it factor that you need at Kentucky basketball. He was he was made to be a Kentucky basketball coach. Uh, I think I think it's a great fit, and it's been very fun watching him kind of interact with the rest of the the big name blue blood programs in college basketball. He he definitely fits. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up Chin Coleman watching Reed Shepard. I think that's big. First trip back after the offer. Kentucky has a coach there watching him. Uh, before we wrap this thing up, Jack, let's let's move on from Jalen Dern and talk about some of the other guys that are getting to see play. The Derek Lovelies, uh, where Kentucky stands with Shaden Sharp. I mean, every time that someone tweets a picture of Shaden Sharp, it's almost like you can see a Kentucky jersey on him <laughs> because that's that's where the the kind of the fit and the relationship is is there with that. So just talk about some of the other guys that you're seeing. And are there some guys too that maybe you've watched the last couple of days that Kentucky's not on, but just has kind of impressed you? Yeah, I mean, you gotta start with Shaden Sharp and, and I, I kind of tweeted something to the effect of this might be Kentucky's ba- Kentucky basketball's next commitment. Um, you talk to people behind the scenes. Uh, I think we might hear something very, very soon on on Shaden Sharp, and he's a he's going to end up being a consensus top ten prospect. I think, for my money, he's the most well rounded offensive, gifted offensive talent in the class. Uh, just an absolute bucket getter. Kind of reminds me of Malik Monk, just in terms of when he gets going, there is absolutely nothing that can stop him from pouring in you know 20 25 30 points you know and these these games he's only getting 20 ish minutes because it's you know the time constraints uh, time constraints of AAU basketball but he is an absolute flamethrower he's a clutch shot maker he's oh by the way he's the most athletic player in his class he'll go and dunk on somebody's head uh, you know in transition I mean he he's kind of one of those all around well-rounded players he's working on his ball handling his defense i i think is there i talked to his coach yesterday um they said there are a couple things that they're trying to fine-tune but they think he can be that same jamal murray type mold that's what it is i talked to his coach he said that's literally the the, the model that he's using he's canadian he's a canadian basketball player he plays for team you play which is in canada it's out of canada so the connection is there with not only the kentucky staff you know they they love what they've done with 
just Canadian basketball, they're, they're very pleased with what Cal has done with Jamal Murray and, and Shea Gildas Alexander, and even to an extent, Michael Mulder and those type of players. Um, so the connections there, there's a lot of praise about him behind the scenes, um, about kind of who he is as a player and how he's kind of the, not even, he's not a, a, a well-kept secret because he is ranked where he is, but they think he's going to end up being a top five talent, not a top 15 talent that he's, he's in right now. He's, he's definitely got the goods, and I've heard that Kentucky could not be in better shape with him. Uh, I think a commitment could be coming later this summer, um, shortly after Peach Jam, so that's definitely something that Kentucky fans should be excited about and, and pay close attention to. You guys know my fascination with Derek Lively as a player. I mean, he, he said yesterday that he was seven foot two now and, and he takes threes and he moves the ball, runs the floor like a gazelle, uh, catches lobs, rim runner, the best uh, shot blocker in the class, just does absolutely everything. I think he's a a better offensive better offensive talent than Willie Cauley-Stein was at this age. And I think probably even, you know, going into sophomore, junior year, Willie, uh, I, I, I'm that impressed with his offensive skills. Willie, I mean, was one of one as a defender. There's a reason he was an, uh, an All-American and top six draft pick and, you know, those sorts of things. But Derek Lively is in that same mold where he has the good he, – he has the, the – possibility of being a, a surefire lottery pick. He's growing growing his games, expanding his shot. Very comfortable. I mean he's been he's been missing quite a bit, but he I mean he took like five threes in the first half yesterday in the game I watched him. So I mean this is a guy that he he's trying to get the shots to fall, but he's very comfortable taking them and and, uh, and it's not an ugly I mean it's not a broken jump shot by any means. He's working on it. I mean that's that's definitely a part of his game he's trying to add. I think Kentucky's in fantastic position with him. I think that the the two kind of headliners of that class are going to be Shaden Sharp and, and Derek Lively. Um, you ask about maybe kind of the under-the-radar guys that I've seen or guys that, you know, UK may be looking at and trying to decide if they want to offer. Kathan Wallace uh, is a, you know, kind of top 20-ish player right now, but one of the best point guards in the class. He has put on an absolute show, and this is a guy that uh, I've heard that he's, he's leaned toward Tennessee – but it, he he has always wanted a Kentucky offer. He's from Texas, very close ties to Jay Lucas. So Jay Lucas has been kind of all on him, watching every one of his games. And uh, this is a guy that I think if Kentucky throws their hat in the ring with an offer, could really shake things up. I, I think he, he, there have been rumors that he might be committing to Tennessee rather quickly. Um, but if, if Kentucky extends an offer, I think they're right back in the thick of things and it really shakes things up. Um, and I know, you know, they've been watching Jaden Riley. They're kind of thinking, trying to piece together that guard class right now. And there are, there are a ton of options, but it's really hard to look past Cason Wallace as a guy that, that wouldn't be included in something like that. Nick Smith is another guy that uh, he's just been putting on a show in terms of just point totals. And, and he's just, you, you talk about Cal getting back to just pure scorers and, and going back to just skill. Nick Smith has, has all of that. He's just so skilled, can score at all three levels. Just very dynamic, smooth. Never lets, never rushes himself. He lets the game come to him. Uh, I've just been very impressed with with that about his game. But yeah, those are those are kind of the the four biggest standouts for me so far at, at, at Peach Jam that, that I think that Kentucky fans should be keeping a close eye on. Excellent stuff from you, Jack. I know you're having a, a good time down there at Peach Jam, getting all that access, watching all these guys, seeing who Kentucky's watching. Uh, your Twitter feed has been very active for the last few days, and I, I recommend everyone, if you're not following Jack, and I'm sure you are if you're listening to this podcast, even if you are, I might put him on uh, alert for the next few days. 
as he's tweeting out a lot of good info. Jack, tell tell our listeners where they can find your work. You can find me uh, on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. But Sean, I kind of want to go back just real, real quickly to the the Jalen Duran stuff because I, I guess we, we talked about the the article I wrote about uh, you know Kentucky's chances, and I guess I, I forgot to mention why Kentucky feels it has a legitimate shot uh, and why they're they're all in. So uh, before before we wrap up, I talked to uh, you know I've been digging like I said the last couple of days trying to find any hope for Kentucky fans and really figure out if we need to be shutting up about Jalen Duren and just saying, no, Kentucky's fine with where they are. Uh, and and the, the, with Kofi Coburn, there was, there was a lot of talk early we, we, in conversations with, with people close to the Kentucky basketball program where they were like, hey, we don't know what his fit is. Don't try to hype it up too much. We're, you know, yeah, we're right. We're, we're there. We're in conversations. But you know, let's kind of take a step back. Don't assume it's a, it's a done deal lock because there's a lot of stuff going on on our end trying to figure out if we want them. You know, those sorts of conversations. I asked that exact same question yesterday. Hey, how do you want us to approach this? Do you want us to hype this up? Do you want us to, uh, you know, make this seem like Kentucky has a, has, has a legitimate shot? Is there a feel within the program that, that there is a shot? Or do you want us to say that, you know, no, we like where, where things are. We're not, you know, we're, we're there. And if he wants to come, he can come type deal. But we're not really all that optimistic that it's going to happen. I had those conversations yesterday. And in an opportunity for those close to the program to shut that down, they were the ones that said, no, I think we're right there in the thick of things. Um, I think Kentucky's pitch is basically, look, Jalen Dern is going to be a max contract 150 200 million dollar player in the nba go to the track record of what kentucky basketball has done compared to what penny hardaway has done with in you know the, the very few years that he's been at memphis so look at the james wiseman situation i mean he's just been in the league one year and there's already they're already trying to pawn him off to the highest bidder in, in golden state go to the you know miami's track record with nba players and jim Laraniega. Uh, about who he's put in the league and the development of that, really not a whole lot to go off of. And there's this sense like at the end of the day, Jalen is going to come around to the fact that he is a max level contract type player in the league. And why would you, why would you risk that with somebody that hasn't proven they can do that with that type of player? And I know there's the Ben Simmons of the world, and the Markel Fultz, and those type of guys, where it doesn't matter what school they go to, they can still be a top draft pick and and find success, and you know those, those sorts of areas. But there's a a very strong sense on the Kentucky side that at the end of the day, Jalen's going to come to his senses. They're confident. They're NIL pitch. They think that he's going to be able to make more money at Kentucky than he's going to make anywhere else. He's going to develop more Kentucky than he's going to develop anywhere else. There's you know the, the track record with the G League isn't necessarily there. It's not. You know, they, they've had success and they're going to have a couple lottery picks this year. But what kind of, of long-term effect is that going to be? We already had Jalen um, Green come out and say, if I had gone to college, I would have been the number one pick. Those sorts of quotes are already out there. So I think with so much uncertainty around some of these other programs, and like I said, I think the steal right now is that, that Jalen himself likes Penny Hardaway and the fact that he's a four-time NBA All-Star and that he's been there. He's done that. They, they, that Jalen connects well with that pitch, that uh, Kentucky thinks that, that the, the family itself likes Kentucky. And I think that's, that plays in, in Kentucky's favor there. 
Um, but there's also the family factor and the, the connection with DJ Irving at Miami, who is, uh, Jay, who was Jalen's high school coach in, uh, in the Northeast and also was on the staff at Team Final, which is his AAU program. Very, very close connection. One that I didn't think I didn't give enough credit to when this recruitment kind of got ramped up. I just figured, ah, well, it's, it's not like it's a brother. It's not like it's a dad. It's a, you know, it's a former coach, but there is a very, very strong relationship. And I think that's kind of pulling at his heartstrings a little bit. And I, I was told that he has not made a final decision. You know, I, I think he might be leaning toward my, if I, if I were to place a bet, I think he's leaning toward Miami right now, but I was told by numerous people, this decision is not done. And the door is still open for somebody else to, to kind of shake things up. And I think that's what I confidence stems from on Kentucky side of things that they're going all in. They've been at every single event. Coach Kyle was there with Orlando Antigua for game one yesterday. And then Jay Lucas was with there with, with John Calipari for the second game yesterday. And uh, I'm here the, uh, at the event now. So I'm going to be checking in to see which, co- which coaches are watching Jalen today, but it's very clear that Kentucky there, they think they're right there in the thick of things. So, is it is it justified optimism? I think we'll find that out here in the next couple of weeks. I was told that he's going to be announcing uh, shortly after Peach Jam. The one person told me that they would they wouldn't be shocked if he announced on the final day. You know, if team final makes a big championship run. The game's on ESPN. You know, big big deal. If if Jalen ends up committing on that final day of Peach Jam, that might be something that we need to monitor. But definitely in the next couple of weeks, that this is something that we need to be keeping a close eye on. And I. I personally have no no feel. I think it's every school feels confident they're right. There's all these different things. My my gut right now says Miami, but I think it is worth noting that Kentucky was willing to turn down a second team All American because of their chances to land Jalen Duran. So take that for what you will, and uh, I guess I guess we'll see if Kentucky made a, a massive gamble and a massive risk doing this. We'll see if it pays off. Yeah, we will. That's for sure. Uh, you would hope that Kentucky. And John Calipari has a plan after passing on Kofi. But one thing before we wrap up, Jack, I will say this. I still think this team can be very good if they don't add a big. I, I think they have the pieces mm-hmm. to to be good. I like what Cal and the staff has put together. You know, I said that uh, when Davion Mintz came back on July 1st. So I'm not going to shy away from that just because of the recent news and the shift with Kofi. But I do think it's a big mistake, and we will see where Kentucky goes I uh, recommend you to follow Jack. You can follow him at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Keep up with everything he's doing down at Peach Jam. You can follow me on Twitter at GBB Country. You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, or you can reach out to me via email at GoBigBlueCountry at gmail.com. But we'll be back with another jam-packed episode of the Sources Say podcast. We will see you then. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit fanduel.com slash on three 
and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.